Hey kids, it's me, I Super Robots, and we're back for another super exciting, super fun episode of World Famous. This time out, we're going to finish up that sandwich list. We're going to go down to the mall again. We're going to, we're going to open up some cards about some superheroes. It's going to be a hoot, but until we get to that hooting, Grandmaster Grandpa, kick that beat. Okay, I see robot. I am on the tech 12. This is one time for your mind. Welcome to the Toys R Us report, recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. He's the pick of the litter, not a quitter. He's nice and he's going to dust you off and dust you off twice. He's your host, Icy Robots. If you're uh, looking for me, you better check under the sea. This is me, Icy Robots, and I am in the Toys R Us department over at the Macy's in Santa Rosa Plaza right now, doing a good old-fashioned Toys R Us report on the spot, recording as you... As you may or may not have heard, they're going to be dropping little Toys R Us stores inside of each and every Macy's around the around the United States. We have two Macy's in, in Santa Rosa, this one, and then the one in Cotton Town Mall. So I thought that I would dip down and see see what's up. This this came as a recommendation from Escolito. Shout out to the homie, the God, out there in the in Radio Land. But uh, I, I I've been to this a, a few times already. I like to go to Macy's. I like I like to look around. I like to look at watches and stuff. And I I do that from time to time. And I I always forget that there is like a toy section there because honestly it's not very great. It's not really very great at all. And I'm standing I'm standing in the middle of it now, and I hope that over time it will improve. But it's. It's a lot of uh, Marvel Legends from a, from a couple series ago. These ones, these ones are from the uh, first Doctor Strange movie, not the not the Multiverse of Madness, the the original one, and then some Star Wars Blacks from uh, from Rogue One. But that's that's all fine, I guess, if you're into vintage toys or whatever. And then there's lots of like little kid toys and things. What they what they need to do is start running some exclusives that would really draw people into the store. But I don't. I don't know if we're gonna get to that point, but as for right now, imagine when you go to like when you go to like Kohl's or whatever, and they have that little small toy department. It's something like that, like the toy department of a TJ Maxx. It's nothing special. There are a few Jefferies around, but we have to factor this in. This one's been here for a while already. It's been here for over a year, and they've just announced that they're gonna start revamping the whole thing. So maybe it'll get better. I don't know. I hope it does. That would be awesome. If there are more places to look at toys. All the better for me. I'm a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm a congratulator. So let's let's hope this works out. But uh, there's no one here right now. This whole area of the floor is empty. It's kind of early-ish in the morning. I got here just kind of just kind of as they open because I was out running errands. But uh, this, you know, it is what it is as for now. Let's hope it gets better. Um, I guess we're gonna we're gonna move forward in in, in the program when I when I get back home. All right, bye. World now let's return to Earth. Let's open a pack of weird trading cards. If you're looking for adventure this summer, escape with Marvel Comics. Fight crime with Spider-Man, meet the Fantastic Four, and watch Captain America in action. And with Marvel Comics, you're never alone, because they can go with Marvel Comics. Even on a rainy day, Marvel Comics are your ticket to fun and adventure this summer. Uh, all 
Alrighty, tidy whitey, this is me, I see robots, and I am back from the mall. I got an Orange Julius on the way out. An Orange Julius is so good. They have like this weird chalky taste that I, I don't know what it is, I don't want to know, but it's just very distinct. It's very bitter, but I I love it, man. I like to sit in the food court. I like to get one, but let's uh let's get back to the matter at hand. What we have here in our in, in our mitts is a, a pack of 1991 Impel Trading Cards Marvel Universe Series 2, the official. Marvel Superheroes trading cards with bonus holograms, 12 full color cards in the pack. Get your Marvel Series 2 collector's album now. That's what it says on the back. For the grand total of 20 bucks, you can get an album that you can contain all your cards in. The cards come in a in a Mylar wrapper. Shout out to Engineer Nerd for schooling me on what sort of what sort of plastic this was. It's not a wax pack, it's a Mylar uh, missile, but Let's get inside. We got the Vidal Sassoon brand scissors right here. In my mitts, we have snipped off the top, and we're going to pull these out. There are 12 cards. Unfortunately, there are not a lot of rookies in this set. There are a lot of cool cards, a lot of fun stuff, but there isn't really anything that's like a high-value knockout rookie, like a Wolverine rookie card, like a like a Kang rookie card. The only rookies we have contained here in are, let's... Let's take a look. Darkhawk, Sleepwalker, Rage, and X-Force. I think out of all these, Darkhawk would be considered the best one. He's currently in the Avengers, in the Avengers comic. I don't know what happened to Rage. He was a big character for, for a while. He was he was this guy with like this yellow mask and the power, the power of anger. He was on the Avengers at the time. I don't know what he is up to nowadays. I don't... I don't know if he had a sustained push like he did at, at the very start. Let's let's get inside. Uh, we're gonna have to open up this mylar bit. It just kind of it kind of rips at the seams. Uh, that's that's convenient. The first card we have is a versus card. It is X Men versus Magneto. Their first encounter was in X Men One, September nineteen sixty three. This is card number one twenty five. It's nice. It's glossy and it has a picture of Wolverine, Banshee, Storm. Uh, Fire Dude, All Fighting Magneto. What's the guy's name who can do all the weapons and stuff? He's like from the future. I, I shall not remember at the moment. I'm not really, I'm not really an X-Men scholar. The X-Men were like the biggest thing in all of comics for the longest time. And it's hard, it's hard to imagine back to those days. But when I was heavily into collecting, the X-Men were the biggest thing bar none. I kid you not. They were, they were just so huge. And it's going to be interesting to see them get integrated back into the Marvel uni Marvel movie universe. It's going to be fun to see what they do with that. And as I understand, they've already started heading in that direction, which is cool. But let's let's sit this card over here. The second one is a card known as the Marauders. This is this is an evil team, an X-Men related team because I can see Sabretooth is on there and some other people. I don't know who this is. Let's um let's take a look. Present headquarters unknown. The roster is Vertigo, Malice, Sabretooth, Scalp Hunter, Arc Light, Riptide, Blockbuster, Harpoon, Prism, and Scrambler. They first appeared in X-Men 210 of October of 1986. Did you know? The Marauders base was a mammoth tunnel underneath Manhattan, the original inhabitants being but a few of their many hapless victims. That's that's nice. They sent Sabretooth down in the sewers to kill to kill hobos. Up next is Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock has a power rating on the back. His speed is of that of a 7, strength a 5, agility a 3.5, stamina a 6, durability 6, intelligence only a 4. He's 6'2", 240. 
And did you know, before he adopted the name he now bears, Adam Warlock was known only as him. Me too, interestingly enough. That's what that's what people who don't know me call me. They go, look, it's him. And it is. It is indeed him. Up next, Daredevil versus Bullseye. The first time they fought was Daredevil 131, March 1975. This is this to me is one of the great rivalries in all of all of comic dumb. I, I read Daredevil every month. I've read Daredevil every month for a long time. I'm presently working on a entire run of Daredevil obtained only from the flea market. So this is gonna take me the rest of my life. If I if I ever succeed, which seems very unlikely, but this is this is a card subset called Arc Arc Arch Enemies. Did you hear me go Arc 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 Enemy? Arc Arc Arch Enemies. Did you hear me go Arc 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 Enemies? Although their first battle was strictly business, Bullseye was hired by the Kingpin of Crime to kill Daredevil. Their subsequent battles have taken on an increasingly personal tone. The next card we got here is Sauron. Sauron is a big dragon guy who is also sort of anthropomorphic, and he is wearing a loincloth with two with two pouches. I wonder who designed that. He's seven feet tall, 200 pounds, first appeared in X-Men 60. To keep his strength up, Sauron must refuel periodically by feeding on someone's life force. That's, that's something he and I share. I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not a vampire, even though I would like to be. The card we have next is 143, Craven. I understand Craven the Hunter is going to be getting a movie soon, starring Aaron Taylor Johnson, who you might know as, uh... Quicksilver in the in the Marvel universe. He's a good actor. He was he was in Tenant recently, and that was pretty good. He was in this movie Nocturnal Animals, which is uh, one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Very weird movie, and he was he was the bad guy in that. He was great in it. He's a good actor. He he can he can really turn it up. I'll be interested to see what he um what he does with Craven. Craven is a superhero hunter type who goes out there and he wants to stalk the greatest prey of all. That prey being, of course. Spider-Man. And in the movie, I understand they're going to be flipping the script a bit, and they're going to make uh, Craven into more of, like, a naturalist, which is which is fine, but I don't know. Maybe they could have him out there poaching poachers. Poachers are the worst, and if they get capped when they're out there, so be it. Craven, Craven can do that. Now we have the Punisher. Card number 14, height 6'1", weight 200 pounds, Frank Castle. Did you know? For a time, the Punisher was trying to become a priest. I can, I can imagine, dude. Religious extremist, extremist. This guy, real mutant, real mutant. This Frank Castle, as 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 they. He's a murderer. He's an interesting character, though. I I've read many a Punisher comic over the years. I thought the Garth Ennis run was phenomenal, but I've never I've never looked at him as a good guy. I've never looked at him as somebody to emulate any way. It's like you're just reading the tales of this villainous monster. You're trying to get into the mind of this villainous monster, and it's good stuff. It's weird that people uh, want to emulate him. I, I don't want to be in his shoes. Now we have Ulik. Ulik is 6'4", 780. He's an opponent of Thor, first appearing in Thor 137, February 1967. Did you know? Ulik's excellent infrared vision lets him see perfectly in even the darkest conditions. I was on the internet poking around the other day, and I saw, I saw that human beings, you know, folks like us, we have some of the best day vision in the entire animal world. It's on par with birds, but our night vision is terrible. We are one of the lowest rated night vision uh, creatures there is. Ulik, Ulik could sneak up on us in the night and smash us. He's also gigantic. The next card we have in a set is another Arch Enemies card. This is X-Factor versus Apocalypse. You have Apocalypse getting beat down by Beast on the front. Again, another X-Men card. The X-Men were just the biggest thing ever. Ever in comics, and when they 
when they sold off the rights, they sort of stopped pushing him as heavily in the comics, and then now we're, we're in a world where, like, Captain America, who was honestly a B-level character, Tony Stark, who was a C-level character, now the A-level characters. How how times change. Now we got Gambit. Gambit was huge. When I was reading comics heavily, I still read comics, but when I was, like, hanging and banging around comic stores, I kid you not, Gambit was one of the biggest characters that there was, bar none. He first appeared in X-Men 266, August 1990, a native of New Orleans. The Raging Cajun Gambit. Did you know? Although Gambit is a thief, he only steals from crooks. What a, what a nice guy. He's like Omar from The Wire. A real hero. Let's Let's continue on. Hulk versus the leader. This is another arch enemies card. The leader is cool. He has a giant green head. He uh he got gamma irradiated like the Hulk, but it didn't make him buffed. It made him smart. His head grew really big, and it was all brains. The final card we have. Oh, this is a good one. Daredevil. One of my faves. Daredevil. This is card number two. Height six. Weight two. First appearance, Daredevil 1. That's a comic I want so bad, and I know that I'll never be able to get it. It's like $3,000 at the at the bare minimum, and I just, even if I had that money just lying around, like I just had like $3,000, just, you know, like in a little stack right here, and it doesn't matter what I do with it. I'd be hard-pressed to spend it on a comic. That's just me. I would probably do it, but I would... I would really have to, like, ruminate on that one for a while. Just the idea of spending $3,000 on a comic is crazy to me. And this is just, like, a very bad quality, ungraded one. Graded, they go far and beyond that. Your boy, though, I'm not really interested in, in, the, in the graded comic scene. I want to have them open. I want to look at them and stuff. And I've looked around... I looked around the online a lot, and you don't see a lot of, like, decent quality ungraded ones anymore. If anyone is even, like, remotely decent, they, they send it off to get graded, which... Increases the value a million fold, so I I don't I don't really go for that as much. But uh, I don't know. Maybe someday I'll get one. Let's see what the uh, did you know about Daredevil is. Did you know Daredevil's taste buds are so acute he can identify every ingredient of everything he eats or drinks. I wonder what it's like when he drinks like a like a Dr Pepper. What he what he gets out of that. So there you go. Out of all these cards, I think honestly the only ones I would even keep are Daredevil and probably the Punisher. Maybe. Nah, that's honestly Craven. I like the cards of the characters. I don't really care so much for, like, these arch-enemy cards. I don't think that they're that cool. But honestly, this is kind of a fun set. I didn't buy these when they when they, when they were coming out. But I, I do think they're cool. I like I like the little factoids on the back. You get a nice uh, Marvel superhero-type bio on all these guys. And the art on the front of this is not bad on this Daredevil card. Marvel... 1991. So there we go. We've spent just about 11 minutes talking about non-sports trading cards related to superheroes. Now we're going to talk about something equally important, a topic known as Japanese League Baseball. Derek, take it away. Yo. This week in Japanese League Baseball. The Hiroshima Carp brought a 3-0 lead against the Swallows into the sixth inning, only to see it vanish with one swat of Munitaka Murakami's bat. The 22-year-old defending CL MVP brought in three runs and his team ultimately won 6-3. As a curtain call, Murakami went yard two more times, in the game's final two innings, as the Swallows crushed the Carp 9-2. Murakami leads NPB with 29 home runs and 78 RBI. In other news, the Chunichi Dragons defeated the Yomiuri Giants 3-2 in extra innings on a bases-loaded hit-by-pitch. They remain in last place, though. 
the Yokohama Dina Baystars completed a sweep of the Hanshin Tigers by coming from behind in the bottom of the ninth and walking the game off thanks to a beautiful slide into home by Taishi Oda. They have already swept two series at home against the Tigers this season, something they had not done in over a decade. That was this week in Japanese League Baseball. Up next, the best sandwiches, state by state. The best sandwiches. The best sandwiches. State by state. All right, this is me, Icy Robots, and we are back in the cut to talk about sandwiches. Let me let me reach away from the mic. What we have here is part two of a segment that began in the last episode, where in which we are examining a Reader's Digest article that goes over the purported sandwiches preferred by the residents of a particular state. Last episode, we went up to number 25, which was the great state of Missouri, and we're going to follow up with the number 26 state alphabetically, the fantastic state of Montana. Montana sandwich is a sandwich known as the pork chop. About 100 years ago, John Birkeland started selling pork chop sandwiches out of the back of a wagon. Onions, pickles, and mustard are the traditional toppings, though some prefer cheese, bacon, or egg. That sounds really good, dude. I like pork chops a lot. I try not to eat very much meat at all. We don't really eat meat in the house. Only, only when we go out do we, do we partake upon the flesh. But uh, when I do, I, I prefer pork. Chicken is... Uh, not my uh, number one bit flavorless. Beef is awesome, but it's not very good for you. Pork's not very good for you either, but it's very flavorful and is more healthful than beef. But, um, anywho, that sounds good. I would get one for show. Number 27, Nebraska, is a sandwich known as the, the Runza. The name of both the Pocket Sandwich and the Lincoln-based restaurant chain that made them famous, a Runza, is a ground beef and cabbage combination similar to Kansas's Byrox. The big difference is that the Runzas are rectangular and sometimes also collect contained cheese, or rather. I I like pocket sandwiches. I have one of those snack masters that you that you used to see advertised on the uh, late night infomercials. I love infomercials. I still do. I watch them all the time. Whenever I see a new one, I check it out. I just I don't know, something about it really makes me happy. I used to love the Snackmaster one, and it, it sold this device that allowed you to take different ingredients, put them together inside of a little pocket, and then you would uh, squeeze the thing down on it, and it would, it would be a little, little sandwich, a little heated sandwich. That was that was so fun. I would for sure eat a Runza. Then we have Nevada. I've been to Nevada like a thousand times. That's where Reno is. That's where Las Vegas is. It's a neighboring state. When you... When you used to vacation here in, in California, you'd go to Reno or you would go to Tahoe. you go to Tahoe if you were like a skiing family. You would go to Reno if you were more of just like a standard family because your folks would go gamble and give you money to go to Circus Circus and hang out and play arcade games. I've been to Nevada literally a zillion times in a row. Their sandwich is a sandwich known as the Patty Melt. I know this. When you when you go there, the, you see these on, on menus everywhere. My wife... My wife loves a patty melt when we go down to Ozzy's Grill. She she always gets one. I get myself a uh, hamburger or a hot dog. She goes for the patty melt. I, I I can't get mad at it. Grilled onions and melted Swiss cheese sizzle atop a hamburger patty. Traditionally served on rye toast. Though though this juicy concoction was created in California with Swede, restaurants and casinos along the Las Vegas Strip help make it famous. There you go, dude. That's how it is, you know. We create, the rest of the country takes. 
after Nevada comes New Hampshire. New Hampshire sandwich is something known as the Moe's Original. In 1959, Mo Pagano of Portsmouth decided to buy a sandwich shop and sell only one type of sub. Salami and provolone with onions, peppers, pickles, and olives. A recipe he had learned from his mother's Moe's Italian sandwich is now with four locations and menu items, but the original offering is still the crowd's favorite. Honestly, that sounds really good, dude. I'm not even kidding. I would eat one of those right now. I love me some salted meat. I love your provolones. I love your salamis. I love your pepperonis. I love all those things. My favorite of the subs, for the most part, is the Italian sub. You can't go wrong with an Italian sub at, uh, at, at any, any restaurant. Up next, New Jersey. We all know New Jersey from uh, The Sopranos and many other cool things of that sort. Their sandwich is a sandwich known as... The pork roll, shout out to Ferg. The star of this breakfast sandwich, usually served with eggs and American cheese, goes by Taylor Ham. In the northern part of the state, it was named after New Jersey Senator John Taylor, who developed the smoked pork product in 1856. That's what that's what homie was doing, man, out there making smoked pork product. I would I would be down. 31, New Mexico, the green chili cheeseburger. Green chili is practically synonymous with New Mexican cuisine. So much so that the pepper is also called the New Mexican green chili. It's no surprise you'll find it topping burgers all along the state's green chili cheeseburger trail. That's that's a hike I would like to take, the green chili cheeseburger trail. I, myself, not a giant fan of the green chili. They are very, very popular. The Chili Verde people people go for that in a, in, in a big way. But uh, I don't know. It's never... It's never grabbed at me the way that it does some other people. New York, they have the pastrami on rye. Seeded rye bread and spicy brown mustard meat pastrami piled so high it could slow down even fast-talking New Yorkers. Pastrami's good, bro, honestly. For real, if I was in New York, first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to get a slice. Second thing I'm going to do, I'm going to get a hot dog. Third thing I'm going to do, I'm going to get a pastrami sandwich all in a row, and then I'm going to eat them at the same time. Then maybe I'll go see the Statue of Liberty, one of those other weird, overrated tourist things. But man, pastrami's good. Rye is good. Stack to the sky is good. These things are all great. Shout out to NYC for that. The next sandwich state on the list is the great state of North Carolina. Shout out to the nerdy blogger at the nerdy blogger on the tweet. Pulled pork. Tweet pulled pork. Tweet pulled pork. Tweet pulled pork. With vinegar and pepper is the sandwich choice with Tar Heels. Tar Heels assert that their state is the birthplace of barbecue, much to the annoyance of their Carolina cousins. And they stay true to their original barbecue recipe by basting their pork in a thin vinegar sauce seasoned with red pepper. Man, pulled pork is, it's dynamite, dude. It's absolutely dynamite. I don't, I don't know what else there is to say about something that is so perfect. So shout out to North Carolina. I could go for a pulled pork right now. Man, I'm, I'm really hungry right now. These sandwiches are, they're driving me bananas. I don't know what it is I'm going to eat, but we're going to eat something soon. Number 34 is North Dakota with the hot beef sandwich. Piling potatoes on top of a hot roast beef sandwich and then smothering the whole thing in gravy is perhaps the most decadent way to warm up on cold winter nights. This, this sounds okay. I, I don't, I don't necessarily go for gravy on things. It's not really like my, my favorite of all the flavors. I know some dudes like gravy and I know there are people who swear by all the varieties of gravy, but I'm not, I'm not big 
into wet food on bread. I know I like tuna and I like a lot of these things, but the gravy might be a little much. We are going to move on to number 35 and joining us is a special guest. We got the great state of Ohio and we're going to learn about their sandwich from noted Ohio food expert, a person you know very well, Sarah the Sausagetarian. Let me um let me find her message here and then we will play it. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Friends, hi, it is me, your girl, Sarah Burr, the Sausagetarian, here to tell you all about the best sandwich, the standout sandwich of the great state of Ohio, where I'm talking to you from, and that is a fried bologna sandwich. An Ohio-style fried bologna sandwich is not like what you may have grown up with sometimes, frying a flimsy, floppy little slice of Oscar Mayer bologna in a skillet until it curls up in a cup, and then you eat it on squishy white bread. That is not an Ohio-style fried bologna sandwich. What makes ours excellent is a whole bunch of things, but it starts with the bologna. So it's a thick puck of bologna, almost an inch thick, that is sliced off of the log of bologna. And it's excellent bologna. We have a lot of German immigrants that settled here, and... The places that serve this always have, like, really good bologna. It's, it's not garbage bologna. So that is griddled on a flat top and served on a hamburger bun with slices of raw onion and oftentimes pickles. Other toppings are optional. I like mayonnaise on mine. I like mustard on mine. You get these. It's a down and dirty sandwich, folks. You get these at, like, a tavern a greasy spoon, a bar and grill. The most famous one in Ohio is at the GNR Tavern in Waldo. That's like North Central Ohio. You usually find these kind of around Columbus, Ohio, which is right in the middle of the state. I live in Southeast Ohio, and my favorite fried bologna sandwich is at the Harmer Tavern here in Marietta. And the way they serve it is on a bun with melted jack cheese, sliced raw onion, sliced raw tomato, Lots and lots of iceberg lettuce and also bread and butter pickle chips. And it's like a symphony of textures and temperatures. You've got the cool lettuce. You've got the greasy, hot, heavy-duty bologna. You have the pungent onion. You've got the mustard. You've got the creamy mayonnaise. You've got the melty cheese. You have the tomato. It's, it's just all of the things in one amazing sandwich I eat this thing and it powers me up. I only have it at special times because, man, they're like a big deal. They, they, they're they just garbage food, but it makes me feel like a million bucks when I have them. That's why I'm the Sausagetarian. We're all about this kind of stuff in Ohio, and I'm proud of this sandwich. I hope you get to try one someday. Thanks for listening. Always nice to hear from Sarah, the Sausagetarian. You can find her at Sausagetarian.com. You can find her over at Simply Recipes. It's, well... Well worth the follow, man. I, I I kid you not. She has some, some really fun videos out there there and stuff. It's always great to hear from her. I I myself am a veteran of the fried bologna sandwich she was talking about at the beginning. The kind with the, the Oscar Mayer fried into a cup. And that, to me, was a great sandwich. But I gotta say, this one that she described is even 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 better if that's... If that's all possible, I have such a history with that flippy floppy fried bologna sandwich. My mom would make it for us back in back in Illinois for some reason. It didn't seem to come with us to California. Back in Illinois, we would eat this all the time, and it sort of, it sort of got left there when we, when we moved to the hoity-toity Sonoma County. But this, 
This one that Sarah talks about with the thick bologna and the onions and the hamburger bun. It honestly sounds really, really good. I can picture, I can picture the big uh, sausage log with the bologna. It's like, it's like wrapped in red and you're slicing nice pieces off it. Oh, it sounds delightful. I gotta, I gotta give it up to her. I am now officially gonna tap out for a little bit and I'm gonna run and I'm gonna get some food because I can't. I can't go on any further with this hunger in my gut after hearing all these delicious sandwiches. So, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from show sponsor, uh, That's a Meatball, the home of the big boy. And then we will be right back. World's Famous will continue after this. That's a meatball. We have the biggest meatballs in the whole world. We want to introduce you to the big bambino. It's a meatball tessizze of a volleyball. Mamma mia! A volleyball? Mamma mia. mia! That is a big one. How can you top that? He will tell you how. With the biggest bambino. That one is a S big a S a basketball and it tastes great. That's a meatball. The biggest meatballs in the world. Now open in Vallejo and Stockton. We are taking over and serving meatballs to everyone. Mamma mia! And now, more sandwich talk. World's famous. Take it away, ISR. I guess I will. I will take it away. Shout out to That's a Meatball. If you haven't been over there, man, they are now open in Vallejo. And I I can't recommend them highly enough. They got, they got this giant meatball that they stuff with spaghetti inside. It's phenomenal. They dip it in panko. They fry it. It's, it's amazing. Up next is the great state of Oklahoma. Shout out to Earl Green. Resident of the OK State, their sandwich is the chicken steak. Steak that has been battered and fried like chicken is the official dish of the Sooner State. Man, I love me some chicken fried steak. I honestly think that it's quite delightful. I've never had it on the sandwich, but I would. Earl, do you have a nice place around you that serves these? Let us know. Hit us up. The next state is number 37. That is the state known as Oregon, and their sandwich is the Bon Mi. This combo of carrot, cucumber, cilantro, and your protein of choice traces its roots all the way back to the 1800s when Vietnam was French Indochina. This is, this is a good one. We have this place called the Donut Cafe down the street that serves these, and they are gorgeous. The bright colors of the vegetables, just, just very good. Your boy doesn't like cilantro, though. Up next is number 38, Pennsylvania. Who would have thought steak sliced so thin could create a divide so wide, but the Pat versus Geno's rivalry splits the city of brotherly love in half, as do debates of cheese whiz or provolone. Man, I'm having a hard time with this one, and I don't know why. I have to admit, I've never had a cheesesteak. I would. I would for sure. I think that I would go with provolone. Cheese whiz while good on a cracker isn't really isn't really something I'm going to want to mack down on a sandwich, to be honest. But still, it looks delightful. It looks great. Up next is number 39, Rhode Island, the smallest state in the Union. And their sandwich is the Hot Wiener. Not to be confused with hot dogs. Hot wieners are much less processed, and the buns are slightly sweeter. They are served at wiener joints across the state. Is this a hot dog, bro? I know there's this debate about whether hot dogs are sandwiches, and I'm going to settle it right now. A hot, a hot dog, dog is, not a, is not a sandwich. It does have some sandwich-like attributes in that it is something uh, between two slices of bread, but I, I just think that the, the way you hold it, it's not a sandwich. It is 
a sausage. They're different. Maybe if you turned it sideways, you know what? If you took the hot dog, you slice them thin, you put them on a couple pieces of bread, you would have a hot dog sandwich. But a hot dog in itself in a bun is not a sandwich. I apologize to anybody who thinks otherwise, but I am correct in this matter. I think for the sake of my sanity, we're going to kind of just we're going to kind of motor through the last 10 here. South Carolina pulled pork with mustard sauce as opposed to their neighbors to the north. South Carolina used mustard in their barbecue sauce. Carolina gold. South Dakota is pheasant salad. During World War II, thousands of troops, including a general named Eisenhower, came through Aberdeen with a Red Cross that set up a canteen serving chopped pheasant hard-boiled eggs and veggies blended together with relish and mayonnaise. I called it the best sandwich he had ever eaten. I, I myself shall pass. Up next is number 42, Tennessee. I love me some Tennessee hot chicken. A Nashville woman looking to punish her philandering beau for stepping out on her doused his fried chicken and cayenne pepper, but it hurt so good. He decided to open up a sandwich shack and share the burn. I guess that woman got burned. Texas. Beef brisket. Juicy, slow, smoked brisket. Often cured with coffee and served with pickles, cheese, or jalapenos. It satisfied even a lone star appetite. We're gonna, we're gonna not talk about Texas too much. Utah, the pastrami burger. After Crown Burgers of Salt Lake City started using deli meat as burger topping, the craze quickly caught on. Burger joints throughout the state now offer pastrami burgers, usually with melted Swiss cheese. That sounds pretty good. Vermont. The Vermonteer, the Vermonter. Combine several Green Mountain staples and you get the grown-up grilled cheese made with sharp cheddar, fresh apple slices, and maple, uh, often accompanied by ham and turkey. I don't know about that. 47, Washington, smoked salmon. The official state sandwich since 1987. Smoked salmon on wheat evokes, on wheat evokes everything I love about the state. I, just not a salmon guy. 46, Virginia, country ham on biscuits. That's that's a delight. One time we were going to visit my grandma in Tennessee. We were driving across the country and we stopped at this, we stopped at this gas station and they had sandwich uh, biscuits, ham sandwich biscuits. And I got to tell you, man, it was one of the greatest sandwich experiences of my life. I kid you not. It was, it was phenomenal. So I, I got to give it up to number 46, the country ham with biscuits, West Virginia, pepperoni rolls. I've never seen a comparable sandwich outside of West Virginia. You take a baked roll stuffed with pepperoni and sometimes cheese, pepper, or tomato sauce. At, at the junior high, Virginia Valley Junior High, they had these, they had these things called pepperoni sandwiches. They were like, they were on a roll, on a bun, and they had pizza, sauce, cheese, and like diced pepperoni. They were so good. I would love to have me a pepperoni sandwich right now. That's what, that's what this West Virginia sandwich sounds like. Number 49, Wisconsin, the Beer Brat. These sausages, which boil in a bath of beer and onions before getting grilled, again, not a sandwich. I'm sorry, a beer brat in a bun is not a sandwich. That is a wiener. Number 50, Wyoming, the bison burger. Buffalo meat is leaner than beef, so bison burgers are typically cooked rare or medium rare to keep them from drying out. I myself, I've never had bison. I would, I would give it a try, honestly, just to... Just to knock it off that list of meats that I've eaten, but they don't, they don't really seem that appealing to me. They're big, beautiful beasts that live out in the wild and I don't want to eat one. So guys, there you have it. You got 48 sandwiches and two hot dogs topping the list of the 50 states. Big shout out to Reader's Digest Magazine. Big shout out to the Sausagetarian. Big shout out to everybody out there who's expressed interest in having their sandwich talked about. I love each and every one of you. Let's move forward. 
butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. Hey, this is me, Asher Robots, and we're back for a segment I've wanted to do for a while. I, I read a lot. I like to read books. I always have something going at, at all times. I read magazines. I read all kinds of stuff, comic books, and I I like it, man. It's good for you. It's good for the mind. It's good for the brain. And I, I thought, hey, why don't I just, like, keep a track of all the things I read in a week, and then we can talk about them. I apologize. I'm reaching away from the microphone to get some stuff that I put on the floor. Let's let's start with comic books. I read three comic books last week. I read Action Comics number 1043 and 1044. In this, uh, our guy Superman is off in space. He's been captured. He's a gladiator on Mongols' war world, and he's helping to he's helping to free the slaves. This is this is pretty good stuff. They introduce a lot of interesting folklore and backstory about war world and stuff, and I. I'm digging this. It's pretty good. Batman, Detective, uh, 1016. Not really my favorite. I'm not digging Batman super much right now. I, I way prefer Superman to Batman as far as characters. And I, I tried to keep up on both. You know, they're the, they're the big things. I read comics every month. I subscribe to this thing online. They mail them to me. And I want to, I want to read things that I know are going to continue going on and on and on. So I read action. I read Detectives, I, I read uh, Avengers, you know, the main titles, just to kind of get an idea of, of what's going on in both universes at all times. The The next thing that I that I read upon was uh, the, the June 2022 issue of a Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I got this, I got this in the mail, I subscribe to this as well. Becky Lynch is on the cover and it says, Becky Lynch badder than ever and in a hot seat interview then an article about Matt Cardona winning the NWA title I've been reading uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated since since I was a kid I read it now it used to it used to be like the focal point of a lot of my my reading at the time but with like onlines and stuff and all these different podcasts and whatever about wrestling I don't necessarily get my news from Pro Wrestling Illustrated but I I enjoy the rankings and I enjoy the photography. They have really, really excellent action photography. Let's just, uh, let's just look at the ratings here for one sec. Flipping through, flippity flip. They're toward the back. The number one guy at the at this moment is Hangman Adam Page, the AEW champ. Number two is Brock Lesnar. So on and so forth. The top gal is Becky Lynch. The number one tag team is Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Let's let's set those aside. I also read a book. I didn't read the entire book this week. I did finish it this week, but I actually actually started a week ago. It's a Star Trek Next Generation novel called Strike Zone by by Peter David. This is uh Star Trek's next-gen book number five. Deep in the uncharted regions of our galaxy, a primitive warlike race, the Creel, have stumbled upon weapons powerful beyond their wildest imaginations. 
The Creel have used these weapons to attack their most bitter enemies, the Klingons. So of course our guy John Luke has to get in there and you know try to use diplomacy to to bring the races together. I I really do like Star Trek novels. I've read quite a few. I I appreciate the the fact that when I jump in, I know who all the characters are and I know what the universe is about and I know a lot of a lot of the things, but then they also introduce new things that I'm not familiar with, like the Creel and this weapons planet. This was this was pretty fun, honestly. I got I got through this in just over two weeks. I picked it up at Paperbacks Unlimited. It cost four dollars at the store, but I had turn in credit, so it was half off. It was only two dollars. It's a red sticker sci-fi. That's how it works there. If it has a red sticker on it, it's sci-fi or fantasy. And it used to be you could only get sci-fi or fantasy if you turned in sci-fi or fantasy. The way that it works is you turn in books, they give you credit that you can apply toward your, your final final total and you could only get sci-fi credit if you turned in sci-fi books they've loosened that up over the years but in the past the red credit was the valuable kind they would mark it on your on your receipt you get a receipt with your credit total on it and there would be one with a blue card which is normal and then there was another one that would be like in red print the print would be red on the, on the thing and that was your that was your red credit but uh Alas, they did away with that, so I didn't have to turn in any of my valuable Star Trek novels to get the Star Trek novel. I did enjoy it, though. I did enjoy it. Mostly, I think that I've read the most of uh, the Voyager novels. I, I really like Star Trek Voyager. Just, I don't know. Whatever, dude. But uh, I, I've i read a lot of those. I've read a lot of the next gen, and I've only read a few of the original series novels. Not that I... Not that I wouldn't, I just haven't, uh, I just haven't. I, I kind of jumped in with the next gen and then I went, went on from there. But when when I'm at the Paperbacks Unlimited and I don't know what to get, when I really can't, like, decide what to get, I'll, I'll usually drift into the Star Trek novels and just find one that I haven't read that looks cool and I'll, I'll read it. So that was my, that was my reading for the week. So big shout out to Reading Rainbow. I... I'm a little shaken up right now. I was walking down to the gym. I've been running on the treadmill a lot lately. I, I've kind of had like a breakthrough with my running ability, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of working that a lot. So I was gonna go down there and get in some extra, extra time, and to do it, I have to cross a, uh, a four, four lane road. It's a corner. There's a crosswalk with a, you know, a, a signal and everything. So I push the button. I'm standing there. I'm waiting. It's it, my turn to go. I start to go, and I can see a guy's coming. And that he's going to be making a left-hand turn. And he's going to come through the lane where I'm at. But I'm like, well, homeboy's going to stop before he gets to the intersection. Because, you know, it's like a red light. I'm like, homeboy's going to stop. But he didn't stop and he came through. And he just about hit me. He came so close. He came so close to hitting me. If I wouldn't have taken like a step back. Because I could see that a uh, homeboy wasn't going to stop at a certain point. So I took a step back. If I would have kept moving forward, if I would have been oblivious to everything going on, he would have hit me. I could see when he went by. I saw his face. He wasn't looking. So I threw my arms up. You know, the what the heck when you uh, when you get really offended in traffic. And I'm, you know, I'm a pedestrian. I'm walking. I would have got squished. So I threw my arms up like what the heck. And the dude looked at me and he flipped me off. I couldn't believe it. Homeboy ran a red light. Then he flipped me off, dude. This was... This was a hit on my life, but I escaped and I went to the gym. But uh, when I got there, I was a little, a little shaken up still. So it, I didn't have the, the workout I would have wanted. I just ran on the treadmill. I was going to run the treadmill. Then I was going to hit the weights a little bit and I was going to bounce. But I, I just ran on the treadmill and I bounced. But I've had a breaking breakthrough in my running, so I'm happy with that. But uh, I think we're going to head out of here. This has been a fun show. We're going to be back. I got a... I got a good idea for a top five list. We're still on this food tip, and I've got 
I've got a pretty good idea for something coming up probably next uh, episode. But until then, please, please, please check out the Patreon. It's at supportthereport.com, the IC Robots Radio Patreon. There's shows there all the time. Just put out a Derek show. The Derek show is also sponsored by That's a Meatball. That's why I heard That's a Meatball first. Derek's show is amazing. It's Derek, it's Ed, it's Big Daddy Craig, it's Cool Kyle, and they're all in IC Robot Studio doing their thing. They had Tomek on the other week talking about social anxiety. It is fantastic. The Derek show, we got, uh, there's a new champion sound coming. That's my super exercise mix. I make them for myself with, uh, all my favorite exercise songs all blended together. I make them because, you know, it's, it's interesting to my ears to hear these cool songs and it keeps me keeps me running longer. I honestly think the exercise mixes would have increased my my cardio because I want to I wanna keep doing the champion sound and I keep, I keep running. So there is going to be champion sound number three, maintain, maintain your gains. gains. It's going to drop soon from DJ IC Robots. You want to get over to the Patreon and check that out right now. It's definitely worth it. Support thereport.com but until we meet again guys this is me IC Robot saying with all the love in my heart you don't like what's going on in the news to what they're making some of alright um, man bring an organ and you know I got to have that supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. What's a Merlot Broham? You guys... Don't know what a Merlot Broham is. Right, we gotta, it's we, a Cadillac. Everybody love everybody. Slice raw onion with soy. Slice raw tomato. Maintain your gains. Slice raw onion with soy. Slice raw tomato. Maintain your gains. Slice raw onion with soy. Slice raw tomato. Lots and lots of iceberg lettuce and also slice raw onion. <laughs>